What's the story behind the story? We'll find out on Dropping In. Our guests are today's original thinkers, conversations that spark new ways of seeing what's going on. We bring it all to the table. Diverse perspectives, controversy, loving, and singular voices. Magically, stories reveal the common threads that link us. Experience the joys, the fist pumps, the detours, and the hard-won truths of those who blaze the trail so that we might do the same. And now, here's your host, Diane Dewey. Welcome to Dropping In, everyone. Today is the full moon in Aquarius, which we know from the musical Hair is the time to disrobe and let the sun shine in. In the spirit of collective progressiveness, our guest today is acclaimed author, actress, and sex educator, Brianna Cole, to discuss her new buzzing novel, The Marriage Pass. Welcome, Brianna. Hi. Thanks, Diane. Thanks for having me. So great to be with you. Um, it was a buzzy novel. I, it is a buzzy novel. Um, I was thrilled to read it. Um, I'll just give some background. The Marriage Pass follows Dr. Dorian Graham, whose wife proposes they both spend a no-consequences, no-questions-asked night with their greatest temptations for their one-year anniversary. Dorian can't resist, especially because his wife's younger sister is the one who got away. However, when Dorian's one steamy night isn't enough for him, he is plunged into a desperate situation, leaving him left either to win big or crash and burn. I mean, it doesn't get any more dramatic than that, Brianna. This is really, <laughs> this is really hot stuff. I, I, really, um, I really enjoyed the marriage path. How is this book different from your your previous um, series, which was also uh, very acclaimed? Um, how have you departed from um, from your previous books? Well, I like to say all of my books kind of have are under, I guess if you will, the same universe. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I really, really. Um, you know, took a chance with the marriage pass, but again, it's kind of under the same universe as my unconditional series. Um, but it's a little bit different because it explores, you know, uh, both unconventional types of relationships, but we take a different direction. Whereas my unconditional series explore polyamorous relationships. Um, this one kind of deviates a little bit more and talks about, um, you know, two monogamous people, but they uh, have somewhat of a, uh, what what do you say? Uh, a hall pass, which allows them to have a night off, <laughs> a night mm-hmm. off from their monogamous relationship and kind of explore and, and do some things that maybe they kind of had a burning desire to do. So it's similar but different. Um, I kind of say that my book's I'm not sure if you're familiar with Marvel Universe, but you know how they're mm-hmm. all kind of connected, but they have their own different stories and threads and ties. That's kind of how I write. <laughs> Well, I wondered, um, because you are an actress and you uh, have acted in Fatal Attraction, um, the, this, yes. this does sort of resonate in the sense of dangerous liaisons, uh, liaisons mm-hmm. that could take you down. Um, you know, they seem harmless enough when you start out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and this past year, I was, I, I was really, I think, fortunate enough to meet... Um, 
the first polyamorous, openly polyamorous woman that I'd known personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mm-hmm. wondered, I wondered, um, you know, and it's, it's, I was, I'm very respectful of it, actually. Hers is an ongoing sure. situation. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and, you know, and you, you obviously, are, you know, are too and speak with a voice that is respectful and open and curious. I wondered how your acting had informed your writing and whether or not they fed into one another in any way. Yeah, they actually do. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I am an author and an actress, and to me, they're kind of two sides of the same creative coin. <laughs> so I'm all about, you know, I love, um, you know, touching on topics that may be a little bit more taboo, maybe a little bit more, you know, drama-filled and things that are not, you know, as openly discussed or as widely discussed maybe um, in certain in certain communities. So, um, but yes, my acting does absolutely kind of lump into my writing and vice versa and vice versa. As you mentioned, I was on Fatal Attraction and um, on two episodes actually of season eight and, um, very, very uh, impactful and it was profound, those stories, you know, and the narrative. But but I really do um, pride myself on giving a voice, you know, and providing that voice and that outlet, you know, to certain areas and to certain communities and things like that, whether that's through my writing or through my performance and acting. So, yes, absolutely. They do kind of go hand in hand for me. Mm-hmm. And you gravitate to the material in both fields then um, yes. as a way of good and as a way of, of kind of expressing what this might look like in real life. Um, I think with mm-hmm. the marriage pass, um, we're not going to have any spoiler alerts, but with the marriage pass, you know, it kind <laughs> of, you know, we were really teetering there on the edge. And um, I wondered if you viewed it. Um, as I did, as something of a feminist novel, there are very strong female protagonists. There's Shantae, who yes. is the wife of Dorian, and then there is her sister, Reagan, um, and both of them are pretty smart <laughs> um, <Yeah>. and wily, <laughs> right? Uh, but, you know, so mm-hmm. is, it, is, it, is it also, you know, feminist in a certain way? I, I honestly, without even realizing it, Diane, to be honest with you, I think I do gravitate more to the feminist type of angle when it comes to my stories. Because I'm even thinking back to my unconditional series, also with strong female protagonists um, kind of taking the reins, taking charge um, in those narratives. And uh, yes, I, I have to agree with that. Even when I do my um, motivational speaking, I, I, I definitely stand on that platform when it comes to women having a voice and kind of, you know, speaking up and doing things of that nature. So absolutely. And again, it's, without even realizing it, I think I do kind of color my stories with that element. Mm-hmm. Because these women are no shrinking violets. <laughs> First, there's Shante <laughs> who proposes the, the yes. you know, the, the one-year anniversary hall pass. Um, and mm-hmm. we are led along on this adventure. Um, you know, one of your mottos is choose your own adventure, which I think is great. Um, but, you know, <laughs> she, she, you know there, there is some irony to it in the sense that Yes, these are very strong women. Yes, they have, I think, um, a feminist point of view in the sense of they might not otherwise get 
what they really are entitled to without kind mm-hmm. of conspiring a bit against <laughs> against the hapless, not so hapless, certainly not innocent, um, Dorian, the, the plastic surgeon who is, um, right. who is, yeah. Now, okay, so, but let's talk a little bit about... Well, there's a couple of threads in there that I think are really um, pronounced, and one is sexual addiction. He becomes mm-hmm. sexually addicted um, in this story. So what starts out as a one-night um, stand, a one-night hall pass, turns into something uh, so much more that basically takes mm-hmm. over his life. Um, and, and this kind of sexual addiction, you know, there's the irony, right? Because somehow... The woman is always portrayed then as the kind of victim of a kind of predator, like a kind of a sexual addict, when in mm-hmm. fact this woman is, is, she is not a victim at all. Um, but sexual addiction in and of itself and compulsion, what do those elements mean to you? Because it's a little bit beyond then being polyamorous. Right. Right, exactly. And I think that's something, and if you, um, and I'm glad you're touching on that because uh, one of the underlying threads kind of throughout really anything I touch um, is some element of mental health. You know, some element of mental health is a little bit deeper than what just, you know, what's shown on the surface. So with Dorian coming into play with his compulsion and his uh, his sexual addiction and how he just allows this, um, you know, and it just begins to consume him, I definitely wanted to touch on how, uh, again, getting in the mental health aspect and how you know, things of that nature can kind of become all-consuming with, with your life, whether, you know, with or without your control, and how it is so, um, you know, so prevalent and so important to, to touch on, not necessarily shy away from it, but to touch on it because it can affect, you know, other areas as well. Now, was this based on a true story? Not necessarily. But can it happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is why I wanted to really bring to, to light the circumstances surrounding what's taking place with him, with the sexual addiction, and with everything else that kind of spirals into after that, because it is, you know, again, very prevalent, very realistic, and it makes my characters more organic and more real and the circumstances more authentic. So it is honestly relatable, though you may not have any type of uh, sexual addiction within yourself, I really do pride myself on being able to um, have these characters speak to every single reader where they may even find, you know, some of them carry certain characteristics of even themselves, you know, so it'll it'll cause Mm -hmm. them to, my readers to question things that they consider, quote, normal, and things that they may even find within themselves or within, you know, and others around them. So that's why I definitely want to touch on some more of these topics like the sexual addiction and just everything else that's touched on in the book because of that. And it is a gift that you're bringing to light uh, sort of normal circumstances, basically an affluent upper-middle-class couple mm-hmm. who, you know, find themselves um, entangled and I think in the case of Dorian, you know, a lot of work, work gets done by his own ego. I mean, he is now convinced mm-hmm. 
that he can manage this whole situation. Um, you know, exactly. just before he goes up in flames, basically, he doesn't, let's not, we're not <laughs> going to give anything away. But, you know, uh-huh. it, it is the kind of thing where, you know, mental health, it is reliant on awareness. And unless you mm-hmm. have a healthy ego, right, that allows you to see yourself with warts and all, you're not going to see, oh, I might have just stepped over the line, you know, um, right. or as my, as, yes, my, my, what my biological father used to say to me, you know, it's only, it's only compulsion or addiction if you just can't stop. And he mm-hmm. just can't stop. Mm-hmm. Dorian, you know, yeah. he just can't stop. And I, I wondered about mental health in terms of reading, you know, you're very, accomplished um, biography. You're an Atlanta native. You graduated cum laude from Georgia Southern University, proud member of the Delta Sigma Theta sorority. Um, Your motto and your ultimate drive towards success is the famous quote from Mae West. You only live once, Mm -hmm. but if you do it right, once is enough. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I just... I love this, but I guess I, I guess I was wondering because you do, you know, have a serious side to this, whether mental health was a focus for you even academically and in your studies. Um, honestly, I didn't kind of begin to become more of an advocate for mental health until it kind of touched me a little more personally. Of course, I've always understood the importance of it, but sometimes certain instances and experiences really kind of hit home for you. So for me, you know, um, though it wasn't so much in college, I kind of started dealing more so with mental health when I faced um, postpartum depression after having, um, you know, my kids. And even Mm -hmm. more so, honestly, Diane, within the past few months, because I lost someone very, very, very close to me as a result of mental health um, issues that were, that she was grappling. So, yes, thank you. So, so for me, it's, it's a personal, it's a personal journey. And it's one of those things where I absolutely, you know, want to use my creative outlets, again, whether it is um, acting or writing or speaking or, or what have you. I've just started dabbling in um, screenwriting as well and, and making movies. So whatever the case may be, whatever that outlet is, I absolutely want to, to use, you know, and be a vessel to, to provide more awareness, as you mentioned, because that, that is the first step. That is the first step. And people sometimes don't understand the severity of, um, of mental health and, and how it can impact you. So I do want to, uh, one thing I've said before when it comes to my stories, I want to entertain, absolutely, but also educate. I also want to educate as well that um, it's not like you're sitting in a classroom, you know, reading out of a textbook. You're kind of getting a very creative fiction, for the most part, story. And, um, and you know, but you would, throughout, it is going to touch on some topics that, you know, will kind of give you pause. Like, huh, I didn't think about that. I didn't consider that. I didn't, ooh, you know, and it's going to, you know, provoke that stimulating dialogue. And I'm that, I think, is going to make my stories resonate even after you close the book <laughs> because of that message. Absolutely. And I think the fact, and also on the, on the upside, on the front side, opening the book, you can't mm-hmm. put it down. I mean, you're, the, this book is, um, is a compulsive read, and, you know, it has, <laughs> it has everything to do with great, <laughs> you know, really um, well-deserved because... 
great sex scenes, very steamy, lots of enjoyment, lots of suspense. Um, and then, yes, you don't look away when it comes to the potential mental health issues. And there is an annex to the book that has uh, terminology and um, actually, I think, very useful mm-hmm. terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's, it's really, I thought extremely, you know, you go into types of consensual non-monogamous relationships, mm-hmm. defining them, mm-hmm. polygamy, open, um, and then also talking about, you know, the, the definite, oh, and uh, polyfidelity, polyaffective, mm-hmm. uh, relationship yes. anarchy, um, and, and then the key values for CNM relationships, trust, communication, mm-hmm. consent, and mutual respect. I, I'm personally thrilled that you are dabbling in screenwriting and hope that it becomes more of a preoccupation for you, Brianna, because your characters are also complex. It's not one-dimensional. Dorian, who is a plastic surgeon, so we might go down that road of thinking of him in a typecast way. He's only interested mm-hmm. in body imagery, etc. No, he actually convinces one of his would-be clients, patients, that she might be just okay the way she is without this whole menu of plastic surgery. So, I mean, it's really, you're you're drawing on, uh, you know, a lot of complexity, not seeing, you know, all good, all bad. Um, And, you know, you're drawing on characters that maybe you feel make the dramatic um, pace stay, you know, in, stay accelerated to keep our pulse rate active, but also you mm-hmm. seem to have just a good handle on human nature. It's not one-dimensional, is it? No, not at all, not at all. And I think, um, you know, I'm so thankful that you you enjoyed the book and you kind of see the depths of these characters because, like you said, they're, they're not just one-dimensional. They do have layers. We, as people, have layers. And that is one reason why I absolutely love um, being able to merge my two passions with writing and acting because I think that helps even make these characters come to life even more <laughs> because I am able to... to see, you know, see them and hear them as if they are just standing right there in front of me. And that really helps with my character development. So I outline the the strengths and the weaknesses, but they are real. They're real. He's not just this superficial, oh, you know, body, exactly. But you'll see that he actually is genuine. He actually has a heart, you know, with certain things. And I think that is going to kind of pull at your heartstrings as you're reading because and you may kind of straddle the fence on exactly who to root for. Like, who is my my protagonist? Who is my antagonist? Who 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 do I want to win in the end? Because they're all just so layered and so deep, and they are so exposed and vulnerable with their strengths and weaknesses and things that they are grappling with. Each character has their own story, and I strive really, really hard to make sure that that is brought to light, you know, even as we go through the novel. You know... An actor or an actress, an actor would just, you know, die to have one of these roles because it is the kind of substantive, layered, nuanced, oh, I'm not sure, I thought I was this way, but, you know, I've got this corner right. in my personality. And, you know, it's, it's really an actor's dream to play someone like this. Um, and I, I hope that these books, um, I, I think there's another book, 
um, not in the Unconditional series, but following this one, right? Which will yes. be another yes. novel. Uh, Can you tell us a little it'll about be that? another one? Absolutely. That one comes out November the 30th, and that uh, is Couples Want It. And it follows, again, same universe, but we, you know, jump into a different story. Um, actually, the characters, a couple of the characters that are in um, the marriage pass, um, uh, uh, which I won't you know, necessarily kind of give it all away, but two of the characters that are in the marriage pass, we kind of spin off and do a story with them, a story with them. So, in Again, same umbrella, but we kind of dabble in something, you know, a little bit different. And I'm really, really excited about Couples Wanted because I was very ambitious with the story that I told with with this with this character. So, so yeah, it's it's that's all I'm gonna say on that one. <laughs> but it's not necessarily the marriage pass too, as some people think. But it, I guess you can kind of think of it like um, a spinoff a little bit, but still in that same universe. Love it, because each one of these characters, um, you know, could mutate into something else. I mean, it's really, I I think it's kind of like, it's a way to, um, it's a way to kind of bolster your relationship and also do some introspection at the same time and really ask Mm -hmm. yourself some questions about what would I do? Would I be able to trust a partner with a marriage pass, you know, you, you're asking mm-hmm. yourself a lot, a lot of questions yeah. the whole way through this. Um, Absolutely. And I think that, yeah, and I think, of course, then it gets really nosy really fast, right? Like, I th- I'm sure a lot of people ask you, well, Brianna, are you an advocate for <laughs> being polyamorous? Do you find that that's something that we should just kind of drop our prejudices against? Um, mm-hmm. as a possibility, as a way of, you know, if people do have the trust in one another and can mm-hmm. make their needs known, um, you know, and control their jealousies, I think jealousy mm-hmm. is really one of the big issues, right? Like, yeah, how does when it comes that, to boundaries, yeah. those boundaries as well, and establishing boundaries and and rules and different things like that. It's like, how far, you know, can you or should you go? But that's that's the kind of dialogue that I wanted to initiate from this narrative. It's like, have those discussions, but, you know, now let's talk about, okay, how far is too far? Should we, you know, what, what should we do about that? I'm the kind of person, like you're saying, people come to me and ask me all the time, do I have experience with these types of relationships? And though I, though I personally, I am monogamous, I am very, very liberal when it comes to love is love. And I am um, a huge advocate for the LGBTQ um, community and, you know, non-monogamous relationships because I, I, I kind of present it like love is love. Love is love. So, you know, if that is what works for that particular relationship, as long as everybody's on the same page, you know, and there's no, um, you know, sneakiness and, and, you know, and and those things like that going on, then by all means, do what, you know, what works for your relationship. I'm just a huge advocate, of course, for transparency, being open with communication, because even in poly relationships and other non-monogamous relationships, you can still cheat, 
You can still be deceptive. You can still have all the things that you can have in a monogamous relationship. Those are no different. Um, but that's where you get into, okay, you need to be having those dialogues with your partner or partners just so everyone is on the same page and that there is nothing kind of going on behind anybody's back. Word. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I think... I think, you know, you, you have to, right, you have to, you, you're creating boundaries and you have to live by them mm-hmm. and you have to live by, you have to live by your word um, when you're participating in a relationship, you know, exactly. like this, uh, it, it, it's, it mirrors, you know, more traditional relationships, monogamous relationships as well. I think we're just not as conscious of it because those mm-hmm. dicey areas and those edges are just not quite as spelled out, you know, and um, right. I, I, I gray areas yeah. sometimes. A lot of gray areas. Um, and for me, you know, jealousy would be like a huge, <laughs> that would be like a huge component right there. But, yes. um, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I, but I like how you kind of position it in the spectrum of love is love. And of course, we do embrace all of these LGBTQ uh, questioning, mm-hmm. um, you know, all kinds of non-binary sexual identities now. And it does kind of invite this conversation as a result of looking at non-binary uh, identities. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some of the institutions like marriage and, and kind of, you know, can we broaden the scope of, of what being married actually means? Um, well, this is delightful. We have to pause for a commercial break. I, I do, when we come back, we'll be speaking with Brianna Cole some more and sort of pondering the question of how did we get from Dr. Ruth Westheimer as a, as a sex therapist to Brianna Cole, who's really got like an, <laughs> an open mind, um, an open mind and a, I think a true heart and I think some, you know, some real meaning there um, in terms of drawing in from your personal experiences, Brianna. Um, could it be a more interesting book, The Marriage Pass? So um, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue the discussion. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. She Writes Press is an independent publishing company founded for women writers everywhere. Together with sister company Spark Press, serving men and women, it is both mission-driven and community-oriented. The aim is to serve writers who wish to maintain greater ownership and control of their projects while getting the highest quality editorial help possible, traditional distribution, and an in-house marketing and publicity team. In 2019, She Writes Press was named Indie Publisher of the Year. You can find out more on SheWritesPress.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Books Forward exemplifies excellence in book marketing and promotion. 
representing New York Times bestsellers, national award-winning books, and books that catch fire on social media and in the digital realm. Books Forward creates ambitious campaigns with unlimited possibilities for sparking buzz while creatively cutting through the noise. Your book deserves to launch with experts who have set the bar in the industry. To learn more, visit booksforward.com or send us an email at info at booksforward.com. A JKS Communications Company. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Brianna Cole. She is an author, actress, sex therapist. I would say going to bound to be uh, a star screenwriter, and you can connect with Brianna online at briannacole.com, on Facebook, Goodreads, Instagram, and Twitter at B. Cole Author, so B-C-O-L-E Author. Um, Brianna, great having you with us. I love that you take us on these twists and turns. We think the bo- we think the books the story's going to go one way it goes a completely different way um, and, and so it it, it mirrors life in a lot of this, this right this, right um, yes you know, I was I was kind of prepared for you know there's there's a bunch of cliches out there you know what would be a sexual fantasy for a guy and you know multiple partners and this and that but but no it's it's the woman who originates this idea, um, mm-hmm. the woman Shante in this, in this marriage. Um, she is a professional woman, and uh, maybe she's a little bit more proper, seriously proper than her husband, Dorian, who's had a past. He's had a history um, of infidelity during their dating relationship. And did she sort of realize that, you know, this might have been his Achilles heel um, and kind of capitalize mm-hmm. on it? Maybe. <laughs> um, but I, I do, I do want to go back to, you know, it's so funny because in all the, you know, the year that I've been talking with people, I've never utilized, I've never used one of the discussion questions in the book. But like everything else in your book, it's, they're spot on. <laughs> Um, and I, yeah. I wanted to touch on the idea of infidelity kind of in the first place. Um, if we're looking at it as a choice, a polyamorous choice, is it mm-hmm. really infidelity, I guess, is the start, starting point? Yeah, and honestly, Diane, it really will depend on the couple. Um, you know, like I mentioned before the break, you can have uh, an open um non-monogamous, polyamorous, or a different variation of, of a non-monogamous relationship and still can be considered cheating. You, you can absolutely still do that. It, it kind of comes down to the boundaries that the, the couple or the, or the throuple or, you know, however many parties are involved, it comes down to the boundaries that are established. And if you step outside of those 
boundaries, well, that's when the deception comes into play. That's when the infidelity comes into play. That's when all of that comes into play. Now, um, again, it just depends on the couple. Now, for a monogamous couple, then yes, when they, um, you know, for them, when it's just, it's just those two and that's it, they're the, you know, they're the, they're the center, they're the core, no one else outside. Well, then when you begin to dabble into the non-monogamous aspects, it can be considered infidelity. Again, unless those individuals remain transparent and, you know, with open communication. But that comes into play as well where you have to begin to uh, evaluate, as you mentioned earlier, jealousy and trust and how you're going to kind of maneuver these new um, nuances that may have not been you know, in your relationship before, but now that you're beginning to open more and venture into new waters, well, then a new set of rules may have to come into play. So I have to just say that one depends on the, depends on the party, honestly, depends on what has been established. Exactly. And we see in this situation, um, which, you know, is a joyride. <laughs> the whole yeah. book is such a, it's such a romp. It's really but I don't, you know, there are these, like, serious questions. The reason mm-hmm. that Dorian, um, you know, beca- becomes sort of has infidelity, which is a loaded word. Let's put it, you know, let's be put it out yes. there. There's a lot of judgment in this, you know, idea that we have in puritanical, uh, you know, America that, you know, th- this is not sustainable. The, the infidelity, it strikes me, with Dorian is that he, he does go subterranean. He does become a secret. He gets a sec- second secret life from his wife. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the betrayal, right? That's where the rubber meets right. the road. Right, um, right. And he's, he's not observing the boundaries from somebody that I think that's a pretty generous offer that Shante put out there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like looking at like gift words in the mouth, like, <laughs> right. How, Give you an you inch know. and you take a mile. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. absolutely, you know, he, he kind of, he kind of, then he realizes like, you know, it's, it's too little too late that he realizes mm-hmm. that the marriage, you know, is the cool thing that, you know, the sanctity of the marriage and, you know, all that it offered um, is kind of what he wants. But let's put it this way. People are capable of going, you know, straddling both horses, liking the idea mm-hmm. of an adventure, liking the idea of security. So it's really tempting to, to think about coloring outside of the lines here and and putting mm-hmm. your toe in the water as long as your toe doesn't become your thigh, your neck, and then, you know, you're in over your head. Totally submerged. <laughs> right. Totally submerged. Yeah, totally submerged. Um, I, I wondered also about, um, well, I, I wondered also about the character of Shantae, who... You know, she she is brilliant, and she is also looking for something. I mean, she's she's she was looking for a man to you know also fill her needs. She is not asexual. She is also sexual. Here we have two very sexualized women, um, and one more than the other, because Reagan is um, the epitome of of being sexualized. Um, and kind of using it to her ends. This, 
Um, my question is, wh- what about the scheming, conniving woman then? Like Black Widow and, you know, this kind of in fatal attraction. Um, mm-hmm. How... How does that play in? It seems to me you've got a lot of kind of dichotomies going on here. Um, yeah. How did you navigate that when you were writing Reagan's character? I have a lot of fun, uh, honestly, when it comes to those types of characters. They are the most complex They're the most entertaining when you read about them, when you write about them. And I just have so much fun kind of navigating all the treacherous, uh, you know, depths and, you know, highs and lows and mountains and valleys of, you know, of Reagan's mind (laughs) or any character that I write like that. And I think it's the most thrilling not only to read but to write because that's the kind of thing you honestly, again, that kind of gets into the feminist you know, talk that we had earlier, that's the kind of thing where you really, it kind of can blow someone's mind that you have women that can, that knows what they want are so liberated and they are, you know, so um, focused on their goals and are able to map out what they want, when they want, and to put these things into place to make it happen, you know, so um, whatever that may be. And I think it is just um, really, um, again, kind of bringing that awareness that we as women, yeah, we can, we can do that as well. We, even when I actually had a reader reach out to me and was asking about, well, how likely is it that a woman would even offer her uh, her husband a hall pass? Like how, you know, uh, the things women do to make men happy or something like that, she said. And I said, how do you know it was to make him happy? How 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 did you how did you assume it was to make him happy? How how can you not think that maybe the woman may have wanted that? You see, but see, that's a different conversation that I think some people are kind of more in the traditional aspect and not ready to have those conversations about women kind of being more vocal and more upfront about what it is they want and being able to kind of be the mastermind of putting certain things into play. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like one of those things you, um, what do you call it? You don't, you don't see that coming. <laughs> you don't see it coming. And so that's what makes it even more um, of a thrill to write. Cause I can really bring those to life um, and highlight those on the page. And when you read it, you're kind of taken aback. Like, Whoa, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I underestimated her. <laughs> so yeah. it, it makes it well, fun. That, it does. That, totally. And I mean, I think that you move away from the stereotype of the woman of innocence who's just Mm -hmm. going along to get along and doesn't know what she wants, doesn't aggressively Mm -hmm. pursue it. I mean, Shante could very well create some sort of role reversal, right? She she has a kind of dominant husband, more traditional in his sexuality, and then, you know, maybe she wants to, maybe she wants to call the shots and can't figure out how to bring about that kind of identity for herself. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not saying she wants to be a dominatrix, but let's say she does. And maybe right. she's decided that, you know, the thing to do would be to, it'd be safer to do that anonymously, um, mm-hmm. you know, than it would be to try to, like, change the dynamics in the relationship. Just as a for instance, um, you know, right. I think this this idea that you've broken through of 
you know, a woman having a mind, like having a mind where you can, you can conspire, and in this case, co-conspire, to bring about the ends that you feel are justified. And I think we're mm-hmm. just not supposed to do that. So, Brianna, like you stepped like way out of the lane here. <laughs> I mean, do you, get, do you get a lot of backlash for this or... You know, how does it pan out for you? I have, um, I have, uh, you know, most of my loyal readers I know who've been with me since the beginning, they kind of know what to expect when it comes to, to me because honestly, that's the kind of person that I am. You know, I know, uh, I, I, I can allow, you know, certain things, but I'm not afraid to use my voice and speak up and and advocate on the behalf of of women who are still trying to find their voice, you know, and increase the awareness. Um, I I consider myself, you know, very educated, very smart, you know, being able to kind of do certain things. Now, now what I do certain things that they did in the book, I'm not going to say that, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I think it is very, very possible, and I think it is honestly... Just one of those things where you have to look, take a, you know, a step back just to look and say, wow, they, they, you know, she pulled that out. She did that. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things like, yeah, just a highlight to women, you know, kudos to women. Uh, But uh, that's why I just find it so funny that you asked your earlier question about the feminist, you know, movement. And I'm like, I think I do that without realizing it, honestly, because you know, that's that's kind of the highlight for a number of my stories. And I think it just makes it that even stronger because it does break those traditional boxes of women's, quote, role and a man's, quote, role, you know. And I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to touch on that and to, you know, to just bust it wide open and let's talk about it and let's shine this and let's, and let's see what we have. Yep. I think you've upended a lot of, a lot of things. But one of the central issues then is power. Whether women mm-hmm. are entitled to have power and, and what power, what constitutes power for men or women. Um, I mean, I can remember going to therapy ages ago and having the therapist look at me and say, well, it's sex, power, and money. Those are the three things. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> those are the three yeah. things that, that, that emanate you know, power. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, you, uh, first of all, have engaged, have imbued these women with power. One is economically powerful or self-sufficient, and the other isn't. It's intriguing that the one that mm-hmm. isn't, you know, is, becomes the one that is, becomes, you know, the sexually addicted. But it, it could go mm-hmm. either way. And I think that, you know, okay. this, this idea, yeah, this idea of, of power and women having it, uh, unafraid of having it sexually or otherwise and going after what we want. I mean, let's face it, there was no real victim in this story because Dorian was all about this. <laughs> it's not like yeah. he came up short with this. <laughs> he, he, you know, this, right. is not, like, this is not a guy that, you know, uh, went away from the table hungry. Let's put it that way. Um, he, yeah. he had quite the banquet. <laughs> so um, let's mm-hmm. not feel sorry for Dorian. Uh, but, you know, and, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of poetic justice. But I'm just sort of back on that little mention about how did we get from Dr. Ruth Westheimer, who used to just kind of clap her hands and say, now girls, you know, go 
go have an orgasm or something. And to, to <laughs> looking at these bigger questions, um, how has it become more about life, um, these touchstones? How has it just become more imbued soci- sociologically uh, with people, um, you know, women, you know, look, you know, and power differentials? How, is mm-hmm. it because our understanding I, has changed, or how I do you see that? Just, I think it's, yeah, partially understanding, but partially more of a confidence, you know, that women are stepping into that power and not feeling, you know, afraid to step into that. Because maybe before societal norms and, you know, everything's kind of hush-hush, shush-shush. So even though someone may have had certain thoughts or or desires, they may not have felt comfortable um, to be able to express them without feeling judged. So now here it is, 2021, um, and different areas uh, when it comes to whether that's books and movies and music and TV shows and, and, you know, and celebrity encounters and things like that. I think just as a society, we're moving into more of an, just a more liberal um, and being able to feeling uh, completely comfortable with having these discussions. And it's just, because it's more aware, it's more prominent, and and again, it's better understanding as well. Like you mentioned at the back of my book, I do include some terminology and stats and things like that, so that people who are reading it, you can see that, hey, you know what, it is more, it is more commonplace than maybe I would have, have um, you know, originally thought. So that also encourages people to to not to step outside of their little their little box when it comes to not just doing it for themselves, but just even just their way of thinking, of being more um, embracing of the community that may differ from what you consider is, quote, normal, you know, or maybe more traditional, you know, back in that sense. So now, because I am more aware, I am more comfortable with initiating these dialogues, having these discussions, you know, gaining even more of an insight into something that's not necessarily um, what I may do even in my own relationship, but I'm open to having those discussions and, and kind of gaining a better understanding. And that helps us grow together in life, you know, just with others around us because we are more, you know, more embracing of it. And then at the end of the day, you know, you just have that resonating feeling of, you know, I, this is just, this, this is love. You know, it may differ from what I it may differ from what I would necessarily want for myself, but it's no, you know, it's no, it's not worse. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's, it's, this is just a different type of community that I, you know, need to be loving and embracing and, you know, just kind of, you know, being more comfortable stepping into. So that was my goal. As I said earlier, I want to entertain, but educate as well. You know, this is, this is just, this is bigger than Dorian and, and Reagan and Shantae. This is kind of more, you know, on a, on a bigger scale. And I really hope, you know, my readers get that and in turn share it with others, you know, when they, when they pick up a Brianna Cole book. Absolutely. I think you've succeeded in that at the macro level, um, tolerance and embracing others who you don't necessarily have to have a narcissistic stake in what they're standing for. But you point out that four to five percent of people living in the U.S. are currently mm-hmm. participating in what is known as a non as a consensual or ethical non monogamy. Um, so there, mm-hmm. wrap around, <laughs> wrap our minds around that. I also want to take right. um, a moment. We, we have just a moment to go. It's 
been such a joy speaking with you, but I also want to acknowledge the fact that you really did bring us into, yeah, an affluent African-American uh, environment, community, family. Um, you know, at one point, there is some there is some bro-on-bro violence because, well, there had to be. Somebody was, you know, getting mm-hmm. possessive about someone else's um, babe mm-hmm. there, but you know, mm-hmm. you you also took us, I think, on a tour, an unflinching tour of normalcy within the African American community. So, in addition mm-hmm. to feeling um, sexually confident <laughs> and more yeah, more open and more tolerant, which I think is a great message for you to have delivered in the marriage pass, I also felt like this was very much normalized. Um, these people in their lives, so. Thank you to you, Brianna Cole. We're out of time, but thanks for being with us on Dropping In. Um, thank you uh, to our engineers, Matt Widener and Aaron Keller, to our executive producer, Robert Cialino, and most of all, to you, our listeners. Remember to stay safe and be just sure to choose your own adventure. Till next week, thank you for Dropping In. Thank you so much for dropping in. Please join Diane Dewey again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you then.